welcome to the weekly Wednesday Waffle. My name's Joe Smart. I hope you're well this week and you're um, getting back into school in the new September term. I am certainly enjoying this heat wave we're having at the moment, though it feels really unfair that we're now back inside doing work uh, when the sun is blazing outside. But uh, still a nice reminder that there's always a little, a little a flick of the tail of summer at the end of the season. So the weekly Wednesday waffle this week, I am going to be pondering on quality improvement and and all the different stages that go with making change. Now, quality improvement, if that's the term you've not come across before, it's uh, shortened to QI as most of these things are. Quality improvement is a methodology around making change happen. And it's very similar to sort of other uh, change methodologies like Agile or Prince2. But the thing I really enjoy using QI, and it's something I've adopted into my OD practice um, since I first came away of it a few years ago, is because of a number of, well, there's a number of reasons why. But the number one reason why is the absolute focus on discovery. So for every change project and for every, always starts with a problem. And if it's a simple problem, then there's often a simple solution. But for big organizational design and development problems, there often is not a simple solution. <laughs> As in previous um, week, weekly Wednesday waffles, I talk about um, organizations being adaptive and complex human systems, which means when you make a change in one part of the system, you have you can try and guess, but you probably have no idea how that change is going to ripple through the system and how it's going to be interpreted by sometimes hundreds of different human minds and approaches and abilities. And so you never quite know what change is going to happen as a result of it. So when you sort of uh, doing organisational change, if you you know if there's a, something that needs to change in the organisation and you sort of, you know you treat it like a machine that you pull a lever when something happens, and then you you know you guess that this is what the change will be, often the organisation will surprise you um, by resisting it or um, maliciously complying or. Uh, doing just enough to get over the line, but the change not really sticking once the focus goes away. And so I've seen on many, many occasions that when, you know, an organization decides it's going to do something and it does it and then it doesn't stick. And the, the big sort of surprise and almost incredible, you know, incredulity that people think, well, why is that not working? Why isn't everyone just doing what I said? And people use things like, wouldn't it just be great if we can just like, you know, download information into people or ask everyone to do it and they just did it. Wouldn't it be amazing? And half of me thinking, no, it wouldn't because <laughs> that's uh, quite a controlling sort of, you know, uh, a, a dystopian view of the future. And this kind of complexity of humans is what makes us as a species and as a society so sort of fascinating. And so the, the area that I'm really interested in in terms of um, quality improvement is, uh, so just to give you an overview of quality improvement, probably be helpful, is there's a number of key stages you need to work through. So the first is discovery. And the discovery stage is where you really try and understand the problem from multiple different angles. And I'll talk about that in a bit more in a, de- a, bit, a bit more in a second. Then there's the design phase where you use your outputs from the discovery. You really sort of try to design what's uh, the, some suggested solutions, not the ultimate solution, but just some suggested solution to what might work. Then you take those um, outcomes and those suggestions back to your um, people that you're trying to make the change with. And then from there, you then get you know your actual change, which you then deliver. So you then go into the delivery phase and deliver whatever the change is. And then making sure you've got some key things to get that feedback. You then 
go to a review stage where you see if the change actually works. And then right from the review stage, you're right back then into the discovery stage again. So really discovering what's happening next. And it's called a cycle because if you're doing it correctly, in my view, it doesn't stop. It's it's like a continuous wheel that's continually moving forward on that ever-changing cycle towards adapting and changing to the next thing that's going. So for me, it's a really exciting way of working. But the area I want to just focus on a bit today as part of my waffle is the discovery phase, because it's something that we we don't spend a lot of time in. And if you think about any projects or things or you've been involved with, often there's a problem and there's a race to find the solution as quick as possible. So how are we going to find the, the answer to this? How are we going to put the put, put things in place to get this problem resolved as quickly as possible? And some of the research that I've seen is that people talk about it. So if you enter a situation and you think you immediately know what the answer is, um, <laughs> I've heard that described as being at the top of Mount Stupid because there's a, there's a graph which I will share in the chat which shows that as your understanding of a problem increases, so does your uncertainty about the outcome. So if you think about it, if you walk into, say, a busy A&E and there's people waiting everywhere, you might walk in and think, well, obviously there's more needs more doctors on shift, so why are all the doctors? But as you understand the complexity of what's going on in the A&E, you may suddenly realise that it's a far more complex problem than you first envisaged when you first walked in. So it might be there are lots of doctors around but all these patients are waiting for a certain type of doctor or the scanner's not working or you know there could be multiple 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 reasons why there's a waiting list and so it's one of those things that i've heard people describe it as soon as you walk into a situation and you immediately think you know the answer what you've done is gone for a cognitive shortcut so your brain has just selected the bits of information that it thinks is most relevant without you actually consciously thinking about it and then jump to a solution very very quickly and I think I've heard that described as a survival mechanism. You know, sometimes when we're, it's part of our evolution, some, you know, in areas you need to make quick decisions fast with a limited amount of information. So you saw the information in a quick snapshot and you immediately started to make changes. And that might be fine for sort of very, very simple um, problems and issues. But when you get into these complex human adaptive systems, Sometimes that's where the damage starts happening. You know, you get like a senior manager or someone very important walks onto an area, thinks they know their answer, waves the magic wand, orders they want to do something different, and then leaves thinking, well, I sorted that out. You know, I'm I'm the the all-important, all-powerful. And everyone thinks, wow, he's amazing. You know, well, she's amazing. Look at that. It's fantastic. But actually, it's the research has shown that unless you fully understand what's going on, you're far more likely just to either add to the problem or your short-term fix actually makes things worse in the long term. If we just go back to the A&E example, you might say, right, we need more doctors. So you wave the magic wand and call all the doctors down to A&E. But then because we're in a complex systems, that has a ripple effect to all the other patients across the hospital who might be waiting for things. Unintended consequences that start to manifest because there's just been a senior problem and really moved to fix it. And so what I love about the QI is that there's this real focus on discovery. And discovery and curiosity in its in its ultimate sense. So if there's a problem, say let's go back to the A and E example. The A and E is not working as it should. There's um, you know multiple problems there. If you're going to do a QI project, you would actually take you'd actually put some time in and say right for the next I don't know six weeks or whatever it is, we're in discovery, which means it's all about trying to understand the problem. 
And so that would be collecting the data, interviewing uh, the staff on the A&E, working closely with the patients on the A&E and understanding how, what their experiences are and how they, their journeys to where they have, how they ended up there. And really trying to get into that, off that Mount Stupid and really trying to understand the complexity of what's going on. And that discovery, it's, it's, you have to be quite disciplined in this phase because you have a human ability and need to want to jump to the next one very quickly. Like, oh, I understand it now. Let's put a solution in place. Oh, yes, I understand it now. Let's put a solution in place. And almost in the discovery, you're constantly holding yourself back and saying, no, still in the discovery. What still don't I know? What what question have I not asked? What, what bits and pieces haven't I understood yet? And just keeping that discipline to stay in that discovery phase is sometimes quite difficult but also quite exhilarating because it gives you the time and space to really understand the problem and then once you get to the end of that discovery phase however long you've been in and also the more complex the problem i'd say the more longer the discovery phase needs to be you then move on to that design phase where you kind of get that freedom to say right all options we're not doing any more collecting any more data now the data the data the information the information so we're not adding anything more into this. Now it's very much around designing, using the information we've got and the resources we have available. What are we actually going to design? Some options. And that design is really exciting because it's that kind of that classic Disney model um, of, of change where you just blue sky think and it's all very much around all the different options that you could do. And there's some that's where the real innovation tends to come from. And then once you've got that design phase, you then take that into the, you know, back to all the people. So you might think, right, okay, so if we did this A&E, if we put in a new system or, you know, did different, rejig the rotors or for, or all the different things that you might do, you then take that back to the people whose problem it is again and say, well, how does these sound? And obviously they're involved in this process too, but they might then come back and say, that sounds amazing. Let's try that one. And the key word there is the trying. It's not the ever solution. It's just the next step, knowing that you're never going to get to perfection, but it's the next step on that journey. And so you might put, okay, we're going to design this. We're going to try a new booking system. We're going to try a new triage system in A&E. We're going to try something, trying something different. And so once you've got that kind of sign-off way for anyone's happy, that's the information you're going to do, then you deliver it. So, okay, this is what we need. We need to recruit some new people or put this new system in place or do this new training. And then once you've done that, it's very much then tracking the metrics, see if it makes any difference at all. And if it does, that's brilliant. That then goes into the next discovery phase about how we can maybe use that approach to um, do the next cycle of quality improvement. Or if it didn't work, sometimes that's not the most helpful when it didn't work. It's very much you can tick that off the list and say, well, that didn't work. So let's try when we next go into discovery, we can find out the next thing, knowing that you're one step closer to finding the thing that will work. And in complex systems, that's often more valuable than finding something that does work, but not quite not quite knowing why it did work it means you can't replicate it anywhere else, if that makes sense. So the weekly waffle this week is just something I'm really, um, really, really passionate about, which is quality improvement. And I see it as an essential part of OD. And uh, I've had a number of projects which I'm getting ready to publish, actually, around where I've combined the OD and QI approach and had some really good organizational change effects. Um, so it's something that I will uh, share some links to some websites and things, but I would say that if you're dealing with complex change or you're thinking you're trying to start a complex change program and you're not quite sure where to start, then quality improvement might be a really good place to have that initial think because 
gives you that space and that freedom to go through the phases very clearly. It gives you the the time and space for your stakeholders. So sometimes the executives or people who manage the project projects want change quickly, and you can you know by using this methodology you can say, well, if you want the change and you want it to be real, it's going to take this amount of time. But you know once you get the actual output, it's going to be really good, um, and it really just sort of helps everyone feel engaged in part of the project as well because as part of discovery you've got to speak to everyone as part of design you need to take those ideas back as part of delivery they're involved in it as well so it's not the kind of classic if someone comes in and changes everything and no one's involved it very much involves everyone within um, the change itself and for me that kind of goes back to a fundamental principle of one of mine that the, the journey is the change the journey is part of the change process so the journey of discovery and the process of discovery means that not just you, but the entire department or the entire area also discovers. And when you're designing, everyone designs. And when you're delivering, everyone delivers. And so through that process, everyone has been through a QI journey too. They understand why it's happening. They understand how it's happening. They understand the impact of it's happening. And so when you actually get to that implementation phase, everyone's bought in and supporting you rather than other change programs I've seen where if it's all done outside, then when the actual change is brought in and people are expected just to be like robots and just deliver what, you know, do what they're told, like download that chips again. <laughs> There's all that sometimes passive resistance, uh, people not, you know, malicious compliance and all those other things which can really erode a change program and really sort of make sure the benefits aren't seen. So that's my um, weekly waffle, Wednesday weekly waffle this week. If you are going through a change program and you're just thinking about what getting started and you need someone to just bounce some ideas about, then please have a look at the free uh, audio consultation. Very happy to have those conversations about change. And I think um, just a, a final note, if you are going on a change program, it can feel really scary and it can feel a bit intimidating. Um, and that's fine. If, it's, if, that, if it does feel a bit scary and a bit intimidating, it probably means you're doing the right program. If it feels a bit boring, then you're probably not doing the right one. It's probably you don't need a QI approach to that. You probably something that's a bit more, a bit more fast and a bit more simpler. So if you are embarking on a big organizational change or a big uh, change program, then uh, QI, I would highly suggest QI is something you have a look into, quality improvement. And if you need any tips or tricks or anything else, then just uh, give me a shout and we can we can have a chat about that. Okay, so look after yourself. Thanks so much for listening as always, and I look forward to seeing you again next Wednesday. Take care. Bye.